super interesting to me. We're going to talk this morning to Robert Verbruggen of the Manhattan Institute about a new report that literally came out about a week ago on on cities and metro areas, whether they are family friendly or not, whether they should be family friendly or not. And it's we've talked to Aaron Ren on this podcast too, like what to do about our cities kind of is, you know, it seems to be an ongoing thing. St. Louis, Kansas City, I, my son lived in Cincinnati for a while. I feel like there's these, you know, sort of rust belt cities on rivers that want to get everyone downtown and no one wants to go downtown. And and I think your premise is super interesting, which is not only are fewer people willing to live air quotes downtown, but certainly not young families with children. And why does that matter? Do we need families in these downtown spaces? I mean, I mean sure. Yeah. The, 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 there's, there's, this is a very long-standing debate. This goes back uh, decades. There's been this this phenomenon of uh, families leaving, especially the most dense areas of cities. Um, and, and that in my report, I look at specifically metro levels. So not even looking at downtown versus suburbs, but looking at entire metros that are that are losing and gaining population um, of, of young kids. Um, and what we've seen over the past, you know, several decades uh, is is that um, the population of children in, in dense city areas uh, has been declining, um, and that's something that really accelerated uh, since the pandemic. So in, in my report, I combined combined data running from 2017 to 2021. Um, so we can get a sense of both kind of the pre pre uh, um, you know, the pre pandemic status quo, uh, and together with some with what's happened since the pandemic. But does it matter? I mean, you do point out in your report that we have fewer kids overall. Yeah. And you also admit that you have left the city as yeah. you had kids, right? right. So right. Um, you, do we need families in our metro areas to keep them vibrant or like, you know, what if singles live in metro areas and families live in suburbs? Is that OK? Or what is what is your thought there? Yeah, well, my, my thought on that is that um, I, I think it's a huge problem for our, for our country that we're having the, the, the core core of my. My argument here is that it's a huge problem for our country that we're having fewer and fewer kids. We're well below the replacement rate. And a lot of the most, uh, you know, economically vibrant, powerful cities in this country have made it so it's very difficult to raise kids there. So if you're someone, you know, like I, I explained in the report how, how my life took me took me in this direction. I grew up in Wisconsin, ended up in New York City, living in the D.C. area for a while. Um, but, you know, as we, as we have kids and our life progresses and we have more options as to where we're going to live, you know, we end up going back to Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, in, 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 in some ways, that's you know, obviously at the individual level, that can be the best decision for a family to make. Um, but you're forcing people to make very different decisions, uh, very difficult decisions when you know economic forces push them into a big city. And then they look around when they decide they want to have kids and they say, geez, I can't really do that here. So I think that's one big reason. Um, I think there are uh, just layers upon layers of other reasons why we should care if these uh, you know, bigger cities are um, hospitable to, to kids and families. Um, you know, one of them is, is environmental. Um, you know, any environmentalist will tell you that you know, when you spread out you have all you know the sprawl people spread out live in less dense areas they're doing more damage to the environment driving a lot more that sort of thing um and, and i think you know just in general i think it's good for people to, to have children around uh to, to experience children when you're living in new york city in some of the neighborhoods like the one I, I grew up in like i hardly ever saw kids i remember a, a co-worker of mine had a kid while he was living in new york and it was it, it struck me as kind of strange look at that <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I think that's just unhealthy to have places that are completely devoid of devoid of kids so I think that's one yeah. reason that's important. Um, 
I, I talk about this a lot because Missouri is a declining population state. Basically, we're kind of flat, but definitely declining child state. So our K-12 enrollment has been steadily declining. And you could see it coming, as you point out, the la- you know, the Great Recession of 2007-89. Birth rates went down and they just haven't come back. So Missouri kindergarten class peaked in like 2013 from that group. You know, it starts going down in 2013, I should say, uh, five years after that. And so five years after the Great Recession. So now it's like our juniors and seniors in high school. And one one thing, you know, that I talk about why we need to think about attracting more families is because then that just implies our workforce is going to be smaller and less educated because we're sort of heading that direction too. So by definition, we have fewer high school graduates, we're going to have fewer college graduates. And so we're we're depleting our workforce by not focusing on like our third and fourth graders. Yeah, exactly. The The education system is being really hit really hard by these demographic trends because uh, I mean, one thing is just that you have the millennial generation was a fairly big generation. We're sort of, I, I see us as a sort of echo of the baby boomers. You had this right. big concentration of birth with the baby boomers. And then when they got to to, to, to childbearing age, they had the millennial generation um, and, and sort of that like demographic hump is sort of fading out. And on top of that, you have the birth rates just declining, period. Even yeah. the people who are you know, in childbearing age now are not having kids. So you, have all, you add that all together and you have you know, a huge uh, problem for the education system colleges are seeing declining enrollment uh, yep. schools are seeing declining enrollment um and that, that's something that's going to hit the education system really hard um, so, yeah when you look at urban areas specifically though it's more expensive there's more crime the schools are often not very good right so what would make it family friendly what would make a young family want to stay in an urban area given those factors Right. No, I think that's a that's a huge. Those are all huge, huge things. Um, uh, the, the expense, especially, I think, I think is enormous. Um, if you compare cost of living for you know the most dense areas, especially the coastal areas, the ones that that are kind of the biggest problem that I talk about a lot in the report. Yeah. Um, even though you, you folks and I are both in the middle of the country now, right. um, but the expense. You're New York, really- Seattle, San Francisco. We know big mess. Not very many kids in San Francisco. Yeah. Either. So. And there's there's just an enormous correlation between the cost of living in a place and, and you know these trends of you know are people having kids there and are p- uh, people with kids moving there. Cost of living is just enormous for those coastal areas. Uh, but more in the middle of the country here, I think the other things that you talked about uh, start to rise in prominence a lot. You know, for example, St. Louis especially has one of the highest homicide rates. Uh, Absolutely. Those rates too, because I was going through those those the rankings that I had in the report focused on the cities that are in, in Missouri, and that's that's one that really stands out. Um, it's, you know, crime in, in the St. Louis area is is, is a is a huge problem. Um, so yeah, I think I think uh, um, you know keeping costs under control um, is a big thing nationwide. Um, but then also get, keeping your crime under control, improving your education system, or at least giving people school choice. And I know that's something that you folks have been talking about a lot in Missouri. Yeah. Is, uh, different different school choice options. I know there's some charter schools in a few of the cities, um, but giving people more options so that if they choose to live in that area they can they can send their kids to a school that they're okay with i think is a is is a big uh bonus for families that are looking for somewhere to live because they're not tethered to those local schools yeah and i I think a lot of young people i don't know this is based on my opinion here but young people young families would stay like when they move to their uh cool apartment downtown or you know in a metro area they would stay when they had kids but they need to be able to to like you just said choose a school like you can in Denver, you can in New York, you can in DC. Like if they're not going to stay if they're going to have to go to the one neighborhood school that's terrible school. So uh it it would be helpful to cities like St. Louis, Kansas City, Springfield to let parents choose where their kids go to school cuz they might be more likely to stay in the metro area. Yeah, exactly. That's your point. Yeah. Um what about the cost of housing? 
What do we do about that? Um, I mean, in the uh, the cusp housing is really the biggest problem out in the coastal areas. New York, San Francisco are kind of the big poster children for that. Yeah. Um, and essentially what you have to do in those places, you have to allow more housing. It's a supply and demand issue. If you allow more housing, you'll bring prices down. Uh, one thing I, I know in the report, though, is that in this era when people have a lot more flexibility to work from home, they have more and more ability to make choices. You know, the, the less dense areas of the country are offering more space for less money. And that's just not something that San Francisco or New York is ever going to do. It, the more housing they build, the, the denser they're going to get. Right. So there's yeah. a, that's sort of an interesting trade-off that they have to face there is that, that in order to bring the prices down, they would have to, to do more housing and, and build more density. Um, so essentially what they'd be limited to is attracting families who are okay with density. And there are, there are people who love living in dense sure. cities but can't afford it because it's so ridiculous expensive and I think that's the best best path forward to them um, but I do think we have to admit that you know cost of housing and, and space of housing is, is a big driver for families and well as well and, and certain cities in this country are never going to be able to do that but also but also isn't it like uh zoning regulations in terms of do you build an apartment building with mostly one bedroom apartments or do you build it with two and three bedroom apartments right and lots of times they want to pack in more one bedroom apartments and fewer two and three bedrooms apartments and that affects families abilities to live there too yeah, that's something I know in the report is that there's, I think there's a certain amount of tension within what's called the YIMPY movement. Yes, in my backyard, the people who want to build more housing, um, you know, it's a, it's a very broad coalition because it includes people on the right and includes people on the left. But it, right. when you include all those people with different priorities, you're going to have um, have some some tensions within it. And I think that's something that Aaron Wren has pointed out that, you know, a lot of times um, if you want to build housing for families, you might need to combine units. You're going to need to build bigger units. Uh, and, you know, so the urbanists and some of the YIMPY crowds like, don't, don't do that. We want, we want more density. We want to pack people in we want you know more and more you know kind of small apartments for single people um and that's not not um and that's not the way to get more families into the area so there's there's the question of um both you know how much do you want to push this and uh i mean i think there's a there's a policy question too is if you really you want to have uh, more space for families are you going to have you know, government policy rather than the market dictating that there has to be um you know space for families and not just whatever the developers want to build uh, as well so right so in your and one thing I, th I think is interesting that people don't think about a lot in terms of housing that uh, you touch on is if you just build more housing, then the person taking up that one spot can move up to the new housing, even if it's expensive housing, and that opens up their place. And then that person who lives in there opens up their place. It is kind of a trickle down if you simply yeah. build more. Exactly. There's there's a really interesting study where they they um, did some simulations and took some data on it and showed this like absolutely like sort of chaotic process that happens as soon as one person moves out of one house there's this entire um trickle down effect that affects the entire housing market it's it's really kind of cool how how uh, broadly even uh you, uh you you sometimes see protests like oh we don't want more housing for rich people but once you build right. more housing for anybody there's all 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 those moves follow on to that um that, that right. affect sorts of other people and affect the whole market yeah i think in missouri we get really focused on building low-income housing like that's going to fix the problem and it doesn't seem to fix the problem. But if we simply built, just let developers build where they want to build, that would just create that effect the way you describe it. So what's an example, what are your examples of a few metro areas that are actually pretty family friendly? Um, one, one that stood out in my report that that topped a lot of uh, um, a lot of the lists or came close to the top of a lot of lists uh, is, is uh, the the metro area that includes Provo and Orem in Utah. Obviously, yep. Utah is a, a special case because they have a very unique religious culture there. Yep. Um, so a lot of kids, but they have 
they're they're a society that has a lot of kids and also has really great results for kids. They have really high social mobility, low child poverty. Um, so it's it, it's a place that really does manage to combine uh, various elements of family friendliness, just in terms of having kids there and also having good results for kids. And that that can be hard to combine because sometimes when you have you know really high fertility, um, you know societies and places sometimes are not the best places for kids in some ways. Um, one one um, striking thing I found in that regard is that uh, child migration, the place where kids are moving into the most, uh, actually tend to be the place with the highest child mortality. Um, so these sort of all good things don't necessarily go 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 together because you know these lower cost of living places tend to have higher child mortality. Um, so you have that that correlation where people are the places that are attracting the most families with kids also have high child mortality. But Provo Orm is a place that really bucks that trend and just has uh, good outcomes across everything. Okay, so outside of Utah, what's mm -hmm. another example? Clarksville, Tennessee, Kentucky. Is that <laughs> that's I mean if you look at each list I mean one thing I wanted yeah. really you have so many lists yeah yeah is is to not because you see like uh sometimes there'll be these ranking lists where they'll have you know, one master ranking that tries to cover everything at once and they they just kind of randomly make up what they decide is important so I tried to rank everything separately yeah, um, yeah. so you can see different results but I mean something like one thing you see is like a really high education areas like Boston and Ann Arbor do really well on certain things but they don't have a ton of kids there right. so it's you see you see a lot of uh really interesting patterns in terms of uh Places that are really great on one one measure, but but not so great on others. Yeah, it's funny because people just look at like great schools. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like families making decisions, they look at the great schools number between zero and ten. But if people started to think about, or I mean, I just love that you have this really large resource available for people that you know takes into account all these things that you you didn't decide they were important. They emerged as important from the data, right? You look at the data and like, okay, this seems to be what families are looking for and and moving away from. So, so being able to rank all these metro areas on that thing does really shine a light on like, again, just like how pe people are reacting, where are they moving to and where are they moving from? Um, and some things like educational quality, I think it's a factor but it isn't necessarily you're not going to move across the country to go to a better school. You know what I mean? Necessarily. But if you find out you're moving across the country where you decide to live in this new place will be dependent on on the quality of the schools, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and that's something that I pointed out in the report. There's, there's actually other research um, that that dives into that um, in, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, central city versus suburb so i think people are getting certain things from moving from central cities to suburbs and they're getting other things from moving from metro to metro so you actually i actually didn't find a strong correlation between things like school quality um and crime rates and and these metro to metro moves um that we're looking at but if you look at other research you, you see that when people are moving from central cities to suburbs they're they're oftentimes trying to get that and and, and crime rates of course are a huge driver of whether people come to the, the local the more local area so that's the, i think people right. achieve different through through um either moving locally or choosing a local place within a new metro area um versus when they they move from one metro area to another and what i found um in the metro to metro moves that's really cost of living seems to be the biggest correlative of yeah that makes sense to me though right like that's generally going to be your first thing on the maslow's higher like that's going to be your first thing is what you can afford and then how much you can afford for schools and if you can't choose then you have to sort of make those kinds of trade-offs um so so if a metro area wanted to attract families they would need to get um crime under control in some way or make it make a make their metro areas seem safe they need to um let parents choose a school and they need to have a big enough supply of housing to make some of it affordable basically 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, I should note, by the way, when I was going through the the Missouri specific metros, like St. Louis actually does really well on homeownership. They have high high rates of homeownership. I was I was looking around some some other places have uh, um, done similar you know rankings and and uh, you looked at other variables related to homeownership. It actually seems to be very friendly to to homeowners for whatever reason. And cost um, of living. I mean, that's all they're connected, right? Like the cram's kind of high, so the cost of living's kind of low, <laughs> right? It's like, uh, and, and the schools aren't that great, so the cost of living's kind of low because people aren't trying to get here. Like people are trying to get to Nashville and trying to get to Austin. They're not necessarily trying to get to St. Louis, so keeps our cost of living down too. Yeah, I mean, and that, and that goes along with you know trade-offs, and, and not every uh, metro is good on good or bad on all things. So then, anyone, everyone knows the pandemic shifted a bunch of this stuff, right? Because People like people who would need to be in, in a be highly educated people who need to be in a metro area to be connected to their job no longer need to be connected to their job. They can move. Apparently, people are moving to farms and wherever the beach um, that impacted the number of children, numbers of families living in cities. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That that was, it was just a huge thing. It's basically what it did is it took a trend that it been advancing for a while um you know families have been leaving cities uh, people have been uh, increasingly working from home for a long time and it sort of gave, gave those uh, those 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 trends a jolt because now all of a sudden whether you liked it or not you might have to work from home your employer would have to deal with people working from home so it's forced forced everybody to at least you know get used to this idea a little bit more and, and experiment with it and a lot of people found that it that it worked for them so it so it, it pretty dramatically uh increased uh the per- percentage of people who are working from home which obviously has big big uh ramifications in terms of whether you're forced to live in a, a big city that you may not necessarily be a fan of um another interesting thing on in that regard by the way is that if you, you look at surveys of new yorkers a lot of new yorkers say they don't want to be living in new york which is kind of <laughs> silly because they can live in one but um but but the thing is, I think a lot of people are living in you know denser big cities because that's where the jobs are, and it's there are these economic powerhouses um, that are magnets for economic activity and for people who want jobs and for people who want to be in certain industries. Um, and when you let people work from home instead, that magnet weakens, and they can they can keep their job, can, you know, keep the advantages of, of that they were getting from the city, but move somewhere else instead. Yeah, and everyone can move to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which I do think Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, the prices have started to come down, but they skyrocketed because everyone wanted to move to Idaho and Whitefish Lake, Montana. So it's like uh, that, I think, has calmed down. And some people have rethought the the <laughs> wisdom of those moves. But, you know, I, I do want to get back to this point, though, that there is a reason that we do want to keep our cities vibrant, basically, and our metro areas, which is that you know, everyone just spreading out and having their own acre or two of land is not the best way for um, business enterprise or the environment. It does create a, the need to get in your car and drive everywhere, everywhere you go. I think there's a reason that this new model that I see in lots of places of uh, Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's with an apartment building above it, you know, next to a public transportation seems to be so many of those going on uh, because it makes a lot of sense. You can, you can, use public transportation, you don't have to get in your car to go to the grocery store, and it does actually lower a lot of costs of living and costs of production. So there is a reason we don't want to just give up on our cities, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, cities are, um, I, mean, I think it was Ed Glazer who called them the greatest invention of, of humanity or something <laughs> to that effect. It, it's just like, it, it, there, there are ways that you can put people together and you gain so many advantages from having people together, working together, solving problems. And, and you know, there's a reason that so much economic activity concentrates in cities because that's where um, yeah, people, first of all, people can can work together and get things done. And second of all, they, they serve as magnets to bring in even more people um, with the same interests and, uh, um, yeah, as the people working at the companies in the city. So you have these hubs like Silicon Valley and, you know, Wall Street and so on. Um, you know, there are reasons cities developed to begin with, and there are reasons that they're really important uh, to the future of this country. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think it's very important to keep keep cities vibrant and, and to keep them family friendly. And it really is true. I mean, it is vindicated through research that multi-age groupings are better than single age groupings. It is healthier for older people to be around children and children to be around older people. You know, we don't want to just have all families in one area and all old people in Florida and all, you know what I mean? All singles in New York, that really isn't the ideal way for a society to function. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's inevitable to some extent, you know, as we as we get richer, we tend to kind of uh, self-segregate a little more and find, yeah. find people. I mean, I think it's inevitable that there are going to be certain trendy neighborhoods in, in big cities where, where young people kind of congregate. Um, but but you're right. It, 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 I don't think it's healthy to have, have uh, you know, basically groups of people you know, age segregated who essentially never interact with each other at all. Um, you know, and I think that's the way a lot of the cities have, have headed. I was in Chicago recently and I was walking down a very busy Chicago street. It was a little bit residential though, uh, in the West Loop of Chicago. And there was an alley and in the alley was the uh, play area for a daycare, like the little tykes cars and the little, little tykes slides. And they had like a little slice of sunshine above their head. And to me, my kids grew up in the suburb. I was like, oh my gosh, that is crazy. But at the same time you see parents and strollers out on the street all the time, going to the parks all the time, you know, and I could imagine, a, you know, a great place to raise your family could be in the middle of a city. My initial reaction was like, oh my gosh, these poor kids, but there's parks everywhere. So it's just a different approach. It's not a necessarily a bad approach, it's just a diff different approach. And I do think a lot of people would lean into that if the conditions are right, if housing was affordable, if they felt safe, and um, if they could access a good education. I, I believe that there's always going to be a lot of young families that love that. Yeah, there there are a lot of people who um who, who go to the city. Like um, you know, my wife and I lived in New York for a while. Um, I, I was never a New York person, but, but she was. Like there was no argument between us about leaving New York to have kids. Yeah. Uh, there could have been an, at least an argument between us if 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 she saw it as somewhere that she'd want to raise kids. There are all sorts of different people with different preferences, and I think a lot of people would like to raise their their kids in cities who simply aren't able to now. Um, and I think the parks also speak to you know making the the physical environment around city in dense areas hospitable to kids. I mean, and that's something where you also see uh, you know tension where you know would would you rather spend that that space on a park around packing more people in and making it more dense, um, you know, between, you know, diff different strains of the, the NIMBY movement or the YIMBY movement rather. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think th th those kinds of things are really important, you know, make it so that the, the area is somewhere that, that kids would want to be, um, and where families who don't mind living in density and who love cities, uh, wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind raising their kids. There's a million dogs. I think everybody <laughs> who lives in an apartment in Chicago has a dog. I think there's more dogs per capita than there are. And I was thinking maybe that's people's attempt to connect, <laughs> you know, to like whatever. It's like having a dog just seems like a fundamental piece of living in a city, which I think is really interesting because it's it humanizes things to in my mind. But, you know, I, I think I think it's great. And, you know, the nice thing, too, about cities and metro areas is there's museums and there's, you know, there's 
great restaurant. And there's all these things that you just don't really get in the suburb. And so I can imagine um, also why that could be attractive to families. But in my opinion, cities like St. Louis are not doing any of the things. Yeah, the cost of living is low for um, other reasons, but they don't uh, help families to feel safe and they don't give families a lot of educational options. And so it's very unattractive to families. And um, I really like the point of your your report here, which is to say there are things that we could be doing from a pol- public policy perspective or just letting happen organically that could uh, sort of change that trajectory where families would look to a city like St. Louis. Hey, it's really affordable. If it felt safe and there was good education options, a lot more people would consider it. So, um, you know, I it's not like it's beyond our control. We could be doing things. Yeah, exactly. There, there are a lot of levers that that places in different parts of the country can push. Whether that's you know places on the coasts, you know, actually allowing people to build housing to reflect the fact that many more people want to live there than actually do live there, or you know places you know where we are in the Midwest, we pay more attention to crime, pay more attention to education, pay more attention to um, you know whether um, you know families have options uh, that, that that fit them in terms of you know parks and schools and, and all that. So, well, it's a fascinating report, and it is. The name of the report is, you can tell me or I can look it up here. It's uh, making, uh, they actually flipped two of the words at the last minute, so I always get it wrong. Uh, making metros family-friendly uh, rankings and suggestions. And one cool thing is that if you go into the EndNotes, you can download the whole data set and you can uh, look at all the rank orderings on a lot of different variables. I mean, it's very, very robust and, you know, you can uh, look to see how your metro area is doing, but uh, lots of cool stuff in there, lots to dig into. I appreciate you um, giving us kind of the top level. I, it's, it's really fascinating. Thank you so much for having me on. 